Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. Father, we thank you so much for the depths of intimacy that are possible with you. Thank you for the relationship we share with you through your son, Jesus. Thank you that you call us your own. We're grateful, Lord, but we long for more, Lord. We know there's more. There is more, there's more, there's more in you, O God. And today we reach out to you and say, Lord, draw us closer, draw us nearer. Take us into your chambers, O Lord. We want to go into the Holy of Holies, O God. We want to come into your very presence, O God. Draw us in, Lord. Draw us in, we pray. Amen. So we're talking about intimacy with God. And for those who've never heard this song before, you might find it really, really, really intimate. But every line in that song is from the scriptures, from the Psalms and from the songs of Solomon. And I think it gives us an idea of the depth of relationship that we can have with God. How close a man can be with God. Because you hear those lyrics, you read the songs of Solomon, and you, you see a relationship between a man and a woman. The most intimate relationship on earth, that, that we find in marriage. You find that there are several scriptures that allude to the fact that God longs for that kind of relationship with us. Very intimate, very close. And I believe that it is possible. There's a definition from healthline.com on intimacy that I want to read out to us. It says, intimacy is closeness between people in personal relationships. It's what builds over time as you connect with someone, grow to care about each other, and feel more and more comfortable during your time together. It can include physical or emotional closeness, or even a mix of the two. So we're talking about intimacy today how close we are with God and how closer still we can get as we spend time together, as we get to know God, the hope is that we'll be growing in him. Amen. Isaiah 29 verse 13 The Lord says, These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules they have been taught. And we find Jesus echoing these same words in Matthew 15, 8 and 9. You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce. For they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. These words reveal to us the heart of God. And what God is looking for from us humans. God is longing for a relationship with us. God wants to be close to us. God wants something that is real, something that is legit, something that is not fake, something that is not a farce. He wants the real thing. He wants real intimacy. He wants real relationship. And so we find here the prophet Isaiah brings this admonition to the people of Israel. And we find Jesus Christ actually saying the same to the Pharisees. And he calls them hypocrites. Because he says that there is an outward form of worship. There are outward signs of being close to God. You gather in the synagogues. You come to church on Sundays. 
You go for prayer meetings. You pay your tithe. You know, you read your Bible. During worship, you also sing, you know. But the point is this. God is saying it is possible to do all of these things and yet not have your heart in it. And for him, he says it's useless. He says when you do that, you are being a hypocrite. Somewhere he says your righteous acts are like filthy rags before me. Brothers and sisters, this walk with God, our Christian walk, is not meant to be a religious act. It's not meant to be a social contract. Neither is it meant to be a marriage of convenience. You know, when a man meets a woman and they discuss, and I have something you, you need and you have something I need, and so we come into a contract and we get married. So each one seeking what they want from the other one. The heart is not involved. There's no true love. It's just convenience. Unfortunately, many people relate to God that way. And throughout the Old Testament, we hear God crying out, longing for a real relationship. In Isaiah, in Hosea, in Jeremiah, in Ezekiel, you hear him crying out right from Genesis. God is crying out for intimate relationship with human beings. That's why he created us. He wants the real thing. He wants our hearts. He wants true love. And so through the Old Testament, he begins to give hints that I'm going to take out your hearts of stone and I'm going to give you hearts of flesh. I want to put my spirit within you so that you no longer operate according to the spirit of the law or by the letter of the law. It's not about going to be based on rules and regulations. I'm going to do something new. Something that will involve the heart. I'll give you a heart of flesh. I'll make you able to respond to me so we can connect at a deep level. We go beyond the covenant of the Ten Commandments and the law. We go to a deeper level where it's a covenant of grace, a covenant of love, where the heart is involved. Brothers and sisters, this is what the whole gospel is about. The gospel itself is about intimacy with God. That's why Christ came. Because the law could not do it. Regulations could not do it. Religion could not do it. That's why Christ came. He came loving us. He came pouring out his life for us. He came to die on that cross for us that he might win us. That we might fall in love with him. That we might choose to follow him. As so the Apostle Paul talks about marriage and Christ and the church and he cannot distinguish between the two. He says it's a mystery. This thing between man and woman and Christ and the church is a mystery. There's something beautiful there where the one gives a self-sacrificing kind of love and the other responds with a joyful, willing submission. It's a beautiful thing. It's joyful, it's willing. The old covenant could not do that. No religion can ever do that. You follow rules, you follow regulations, but a willing, joyful submission, uh -uh, it comes only from relationship. It comes because something has been touched deep within you and you are motivated from within to love back and to serve him. I feel God is saying to us, I am tired of marriages of convenience. I am looking for the real thing. That's what God wants. 
And that's why Jesus cries out, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. So obviously, God wants to be close to us. And I believe that many of us also long for that kind of intimacy with him. By God's grace, many of us have found that, and we are growing in that. But I also believe that we are at different levels. As you get to know people more, as you spend more time with them, levels of intimacy can grow. So all of us can grow. So the hope is that today we would learn how we can move deeper and deeper in our work with God. Where we get to a place where when we hear a song like this, we can identify with it. And it's real for us. It's not shocking anymore. It's not like, oh, can someone relate to God at that level? Yes, you can. So that's what we are looking at today. Intimacy is born out of a union, a joining together. It's a personal thing. It's a spending of quality time together in which we become one in a special way. You can think marriage here, but yes, we are talking Christ and the church. You become one with God in a special way. Flowing effortlessly in a state of freedom and rest. And that's important because religion can give you a certain kind of closeness to God or to someone else, but then freedom will be missing or rest will be missing. Here, there is freedom. It's not by compulsion. You're not being forced to do it. It's not out of fear. Well, if I don't do it, maybe this will happen to me. If I don't do it, maybe he will leave me. If I don't do it, maybe she will leave me. That is a legalistic kind of mindset and a legalistic kind of relationship that we should all be aware of. But it's real. It's real. Our minds tend to work that way. But true love is unconditional. True love is not based on compulsion or fear. There's a state of freedom and rest. It's a place of quiet confidence amidst total vulnerability in each other's presence. So you can be totally vulnerable before God and yet still very confident, knowing that he will never leave you nor forsake you, knowing that he will never cast you away according to his word and his promise. He says that to us. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Since all the, those the Father has given to me, I will never cast away. So there's that confidence in his presence. So we are allowed to be vulnerable before him. We can open up our faults. We can open up about our sins. We can talk to him about all our shortcomings. And we will not feel judged or condemned. It's a place of no condemnation. It's a place of being naked and not ashamed. This is intimacy we are talking about here. There's total transparency. Can you imagine a marriage like that? How beautiful it will be. But that's the way God wants marriage to be. And that's how he wants his relationship with us to be. And that's why he takes marriage so seriously. Because it's supposed to be a reflection of that relationship between himself and us to the world. So we're talking about intimacy with God, where we can be ourselves completely in his presence, enjoying his presence, and he enjoying us and glorying in what we communicate with him. How do we work it out? How do we flesh it out? How can we grow in our intimacy with God? 
I think there are two main things we should be looking at here when we talk about intimacy. Number one, intimacy is a matter of the heart. And number two, it's a matter of the mind. All two are very important. So first, we'll tackle the heart. We'll tackle the heart. You see, it's possible to have a kind of relation with God where it's all just about rules and regulations. You do what you know will make him happy, you think will make him happy. You think once you've done it now, you can have the right things, the right to receive certain things from him. But your heart will not be in it. That's what Jesus is crying against here. He wants their heart to be involved. Many struggle in the Christian world because they don't understand this. So their heart is not in it. It's human efforts, just struggling to try and do things right so that God will accept us. But today, let's dig deeper. Psalm 42, 1-2. David and a lot of the Psalms give us deep insight into the way our hearts can be involved with God. Psalm 42, verse 1 and 2. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul longs after you, O God. Do you feel the yearning there? Do you sense the heart involvement here? As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul longs after you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. When shall I come and appear in God's presence? I have experienced this before. When my soul has yearned and longed to be in the presence of another person. I fell in love. And I couldn't wait to be in her presence. I remember at one time, during break from school when we were at home, I was just thinking about it and then I do this, I used to write a lot. I write poems and all that. And one of the lines I wrote that really got my attention was, oh, how I wish she were my sister so that we would live in the same house. That's what love does to you. It wants you to be in the person's presence all the time. There's, there's a yearning, there's a longing, the heart is involved. And I thank God that prayer got answered. Today we live in the same house. God is good. Psalm 73, 25 to 26. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. See the relationship there. Compare that to a relationship where it is not God who is our portion, but it's the things he gives us that we are longing for. We long for his presence just to get certain things. We go into prayer just because we want protection, because we need money, because we have to do this or we have to do that. It's a very different thing. It's, there's a place for that, but there's a place for wanting to be with him, desiring nothing besides him. It says, my flesh and heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Hallelujah. Psalm 63. You, God, are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. Feel the passion in there. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. Whoa. This is David writing to God. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and patched land where there is no water. Look at the imagery. A dry and patched land 
really, really dehydrated. It is not I want water. It is need. It's like without it, you are dying. That's the imagery he gives us here. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. Like an addict who needs a fix. You need it. It's like you are dying without it. You're suffering from withdrawal symptoms. Feel the passion. Feel the longing that David has for God and his presence. He says, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. This was in the song we saw today. Your love is better than life. I love you more than life itself. Just because of that, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. Are you, are you feeling it? You know, some things cannot be taught. As someone once told me, some things have to be caught. You catch it. And so as we hear the words, the idea is the Holy Spirit will help you catch something. Not even to remember the words I speak, but to catch something. Your heart will just catch something. Some kind of new dimension of a deeper relationship with God. Psalm 27 verse 4. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Psalm 16, verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Do we know this pleasure? The pleasure of being in his presence. Of receiving joy and peace and strength just by basking in his love. Spend time with him. Spend more time with him. Make time for prayer, personal prayer. Make time and bask in his love and receive grace and strength. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And remember that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So we receive strength in his presence. Psalm 37 verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. So we find in these scriptures an expression of the writer's longing for God and for his presence. Not for the things that he can get from God, but for God himself. God is the portion. God is the strength. God is the source of joy. God is the object of delight. It's God. We need to pause in our relationship with God and ask ourselves, what do we look for when we come to him? When you attend a prayer meeting, when you come to church, when you read the Bible, what are you looking for? I tried to satisfy a requirement of the law. I read my Bible today. I prayed for 10 minutes today. I did this, I did that. You may be getting it wrong. Think about it. Is there a desire for his presence? Is there a desire to connect with him? Are you longing? Have you, have you tasted of that sweetness of, of being in his presence, enjoying so much, I realize that it's better than money or, or gold or silver or houses or anything else you could think of? There's something there that we can get. And he longs for us to have that. So first, it's a matter of the heart. I have just about five minutes left. But I'll quickly tackle the second bit, why it's a matter of the mind. John 4, 23. 
Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. The truth bit is important as well. We can be all longing, longing, spirit, spirit, feeling, feeling. And yet it may not be based on truth. And that can lead to trouble as well. I think we've all seen that before. When people are all, you know, emotional about relation with God and there's crying and there's weeping and there's willing, there's really on the ground. And yet, after the meeting, realize that nothing changes in terms of character or relationship and it's business as usual. We can be all spirit and all emotional and all heart and no mind. So there has to be truth involved as well. The mind has to be involved. There has to be understanding. So it's a combination of heart and head. A combination of emotion and thought. Both of them are important. The mind has to be part of it. It's affection and reflection. So we don't come and just dance and we love you, Jesus, and we roll on the ground and we, we are smiling and we are happy and we go away. There are moments also where there's quiet reflection, where you think about the words of the song, where you think about the words that are coming to you. So there's affection, but there's also reflection. The spirit and word. And there's fire and light. It's an interesting description that was given of John the Baptist in the scriptures. That he said, fire and a light. It can be all fire and all fire and no light. What's the point? It can also be all light and all light and no heat. What's the point? The passion is important, but the truth is also important. So we say here that, yes, true intimacy with God, through relationship with him, it's a matter of the heart, but it's also a matter of the mind. It must be based on truth. That's why when we gather together, there is preaching. We must hear truth. That's why there is teaching. That's why we must study the word of God. It's very important. If all our affections are not deep, deeply rooted in truth, it's useless. Romans 10 verse 2. For I can testify about them, talking about the Jews, that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Useless. So knowledge, knowledge, acts, doing the things, without the heart involved, Jesus condemned it. And now the Apostle Paul also tells us that zeal, 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 all heart, all heart, all passion, without knowledge or truth, is also useless. So we need a balance of the two. John 8, 32. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So there is a place for truth as well. In fact, there is a foundation if you don't understand the gospel, if you don't know what Jesus is all about, if you don't know why God sent him, then your Christian work can all be useless. It can be superficial. It can be religion. So you actually need an understanding of the gospel, of the grace of God, how much God loves you, how, how personal this thing is. And it's all in the scriptures. You need truth. You need light. You need understanding. To see this Christianity thing it's not a group thing. It's about me. God knows me. God is interested in me. He's a personal God. You need to have that truth. You need to have that understanding. That God loves you. Yes, with all your flaws. And his love for you is based on knowledge. He knows you. Remember, there's nakedness. There's transparency. There's vulnerability. He knows everything. And yet he says, yes, you. I died for you. We need to know this truth. That God loves you. That nothing 
can ever make him love you less. And nothing can ever make him love you more. His love for you is unconditional. It's complete in Christ Jesus. This is the truth that changes everything. This is the power of the gospel. This is the grace of God. This is the door that opens for us to be able to become intimate with God. Once you know how loved you are, how accepted you are, how vulnerable you are to him, you understand the depth he went through to pay for you and to rescue you, to redeem you. And you understand that he will never leave you or forsake you. He's always there for you, committed to you for life. That truth does something in your heart. And your heart is sparked. And true intimacy can begin. It's the same with a man and a woman very often. Love is shown. The truth is made bare to a person's heart and they respond back and their relationship is built. Hallelujah. So we have to allow ourselves to be exposed in two ways. Expose your mind and expose your heart if you want to be intimate with God. And he has given us means of doing that. There are means for the mind to grasp or catch the truth of God. What are some of these means? Sitting under anointed preaching or teaching. As you hear God's word, something happens in you and your mind is illuminated. It says the entrance of your word gives light. Hallelujah. The word of God brings understanding. Something happens. Reading the scriptures with understanding. So the logos turns into rema for us. And then suddenly the light comes. I'm meditating on God's word. These are means by which we can grow in our intimacy as understanding comes. Because you see, it is this knowledge of the truth that brings freedom. Without freedom, there can be no true intimacy. Once there's any sense of compulsion or obligation or legalism, please forget it. You cannot get intimate with God. You'll be struggling to meet his mark when he's already given to you free of charge. You need the truth. The means for the heart to respond to the beauty of that truth as well. And this happens in praise and worship. We had a beautiful time this morning. Bless God for our praise team. You see, worship gives an opportunity for our hearts to respond. So praise and worship, during which you can kneel down, you can lie down, you can groan, you can weep, you can cry, you can dance, you can roll on the ground, you can share testimonies, you can burst out in prayer. These are all ways of our, our hearts. These are ways which our hearts can respond. Another interesting thing that happens when you fall in love, you can't stop talking about the person you're in love with. So testimonies flow and evangelism becomes natural. Plus, you can't wait to talk to the person you are in love with. So prayer becomes a natural thing. And you can't wait to be in their presence. So I want to end with 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6. And this is where I think the experience begins. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness. He made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. What a beautiful scripture. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, he made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge. See the mind there, knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. So in Christ, we have the two merged together, heart and mind captivated. We fall in love with God and we can enjoy intimacy with God. So church, I pray that God will help us that we would, as the year closes and move into another year, begin to long for more and more intimacy with him and that we will seize every opportunity offered us 
means by which our minds and our hearts can be captivated. Let's gather together. Let's study the word. Let's worship him. Let's let go. Seek the truth. Let the light shine in your heart. And it's all in Christ Jesus. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you that you're the one who causes your light to shine out in our hearts. That we are able to see and receive knowledge of you and all that you have for us in the face of Christ. I pray that today you will bless your church with such knowledge, such understanding. Captivate our hearts, O oh God, anew. Cause us to enter 2022, Lord, with a renewed sense of intimacy, a renewed sense of fulfillment and joy and satisfaction in your presence. For you are our portion. In Christ, we are complete indeed. May we find our joy and our pleasures in you. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website, www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.